You have arrived at the latest episode of the Smartest Amazon Seller, where everything is made up and the dollars don't matter, except for they do, if that's what you're pursuing. You know, I'm pursuing peace on earth, but for those capitalists out there, maybe we've got a few points for you. Today's subject, I'm going to talk about just different categories on Amazon. I'm going to run through the ones that I have the most experience with and just a perspective on them and how we handle it. Ideally, all the categories are the, are the same. I have a, a cousin who is a private label seller and he bounces back between sports and kitchen as if they're the same category. It, it, it doesn't really make that big of a difference when he's uh, sourcing a product. Obviously, you know, the competition might be slightly different and, you know, you have to like angle, maybe you learn how to take pictures uh, in different ways. But at this end of the day, like the principles that you learn as a, as a e-commerce professional are going to be, they're going to be the same. Uh, it's just a product that you package and you put a price on it and someone wants it and then they'll buy it. But I'm only growing more stubborn, like, like as I was just saying, I'm growing more stubborn about like what sells a product. And I, I think it comes down to three things. I think it's, it's the reviews, the price, and the images. If you can nail all three of those, people that land on your product are going to convert. You know, one thing I haven't really jumped into yet is reviews that in some ways, like I'm not the most experienced in that because I don't like crossing the line on that one at all. There's really uh, a lot of things that you can do to uh, boost your review count. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, kind of grayish things you can do. But since like, I'm not an expert on that, because like, we don't even touch the gray things. I, I haven't covered it yet because I, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll get there. I really want to, because it is probably the, the, one of the highest things that uh, attributes to conversion. Okay, so just running through categories in no particular order. So the sports category is a wide category that is uh, growing. One way to think about categories is to compare them to the real world. Um, how many toy stores do you see on a daily basis? And how many, you know, sporting goods stores, how many, uh, home goods stores. So if you were to compare like what you see in the real world by volume, that does compare fairly well to Amazon. So there are more sporting goods stores they, they do more. It's just a bigger category segment. And so it, it has a higher potential on Amazon. So that's just one thing to consider. So sports, there's uh, we have done a lot of licensed apparel and just like fan products and done really well with them for years. But uh, there is some headwind with them. If you are not you know, get, getting specific permission from some certain organizations, um, they're, they're ramping up their compliance across these. So the NFL, MLB, NCAA are just not allowing to happen what has been happening for years is just uh, flipping products. So like wholesaling of these ones has definitely gone down. It's not, it's not gone, not by a long stretch, but we've received messages from lawyers, you know, getting those... Uh, authenticity complaints or uh, copyright 
name it. So we've had to brush it against them a time or two. Outside of that, I think sports is a really good category. Lots of accessories that seem to be never ending. When I trained for uh, two Ironman triathlons that I did, I can't tell you how many times I just bought stuff off of Amazon. When you're deep into a sport and you're committed, throwing $20 to improve your uh, ability or comfort in a sport, whether it's like, you know, gloves or you know, a helmet, accessories, uh, apparel. I just really needed things in the moment. I was, you know, you're, you're kind of under a deadline. And a lot of other sports, you know, are like that. I really think niche sports are on the rise. You know, the non-traditional sports, if we're thinking, you know, anywhere from, you know, ultimate Frisbee or Frisbee golf or pickleball, there's probably about a dozen sports that um, are not, you know, the, the prime you know, four or five major league sports. And they're only growing because of the internet's ability to disperse like the top level content. You don't have to wait for TV to show that. I have a nephew that is bananas with lacrosse and, you know, he follows the league's Instagram and, and, you know, seeing the top plays and the top players and they're, they're really influencing hard and, Obviously, that only has increased his commitment to that sport. He wants to go college, and he'll probably have a chance. So I, I think sports is, is only going to grow. It's uh, some way that people in our age are really uh, specializing themselves into sports. They're going only deeper and uh, harder into, into sports. But as I was saying, actually, sports has a lot of uh, seasonal oversize, you know, if we're thinking these technically are, uh, I think in the sports category, we've had sleds and boogie boards and snowshoes. And as I was relaying in another podcast, seasonal oversize puts you in a really awkward spot. You have to make decisions on large amounts of inventory. You either have to discount it or advertise like way too heavily because you know that those fees are just not going to sell in the off season. So definitely uh, pay attention to the seasonality of some of those and it's fine to do seasonal. It's fine to do oversized, but doing those two combined, I, we, I steer clear of and have really tried to push ourselves away from that. So I'm uh, moving on to another category, uh, home and kitchen. This is probably the biggest category on Amazon. You can uh, be in the sales rank of uh, five, six, seven hundred thousand, and really still see sales. Not to say that you want to be in those rankings, but uh, that's just the, the the measure of how how big it is. And I, if I were to be you know launching some new private label products, I definitely would consider you know these specifically kitchen. I it's something where like it's easier I think to come with a differentiator on a product, and uh, whether it's you know by uh, aesthetics, the look of the product, or its functionality. Definitely a small improvement can really do well in a category. I see a lot of good success here. And we do do a lot here. So yeah, it's definitely uh, gangbusters. Um, toys, this is actually where I think a lot of like some of the biggest uh, sailors, sellers or even wholesalers cut their teeth with toys because of the Q4 boom. It's just like, uh, is unlike anything you'll see 
in other parts of business. You know, things that just like barely sell will go bananas in Q4 and like the, the margins just get really large. And I'm big on evergreen toys. If you can uh, get a toy that like also has a summer presence is just kind of one of those products that people are always going to want. That makes Christmas only a, uh, a boon and not like a requirement. You don't have to design around Christmas. So if a product sells in January, I am way more likely to make a Q4 gamble. It just makes the whole thing a lot easier. And so we've got a few products that I'm really happy with that, that fit that. So I, we try and invest more in that kind of thing. But on the, on the flip side, we did some dolls that are like very heavy Christmas and we did it last year and they were a nightmare. I saw it coming. I hated selling them. We lost a lot of money on them. And we still have some of that inventory. And I just don't even like looking at it. Just because something did really well one year doesn't mean it's going to be the exact same conditions the next year. Can't tell me how many times I've seen Halloween or Christmas products and they just do really, really well. Then you come back the next year and five other people have the same idea as you. And so I see a lot of tanking. So it takes four successes to make up for a huge failure. So I would be a little bit cautious. You know, before you do, you don't need five, six years experience. Lean on what I'm saying and just don't gamble too big. Uh, my brother calls it uh, going piggish. You, uh, you don't want to get too piggish or you're, you're just going to get slaughtered. Okay, Grocery. I've recently really been turned on to this category and why I think it's the real deal. Obviously, perishables are uh, quite a different story, and I'd actually be a little bit skittish if something had a shelf life of less than six months. I do believe the minimum is uh, about 90 days. Actually, it might be about 120. I've, I've really had to dial in on that one lately. Um, but, we, but our policy is six months. If anything's less than six months, we don't want to see it. But there's plenty of things that fit that. You'd be surprised the type of grocery that can have, it has a six to two year shelf life. But why grocery is a category of its own is because of the repeat customers. There's no other product out there that if you succeed, you will have a 50% chance of getting that same person to buy it a month later. How awesome is that? And then you'll, you'll start to get some really big purchases. You know, people are stocking up for, you know, say six months of food. Just, and so it starts to feel like a subscription business. And I think you're seeing some, uh, that's why you're seeing some grocery acquisitions out there that are in the billion dollar range. I believe one called Quest Nutrition just sold for about a billion dollars. And because they, pro- they have a proven formula of putting out grocery products that consumers, you know, become not addicted, but they become users of it. And like, it's a regular purchase in this category. Also, there's like the, there's a lot of trends. You could take advantage of, you know, the, the diet crazes that happen. I mean, if you were uh, launching some keto uh, products about two or three years ago, you were definitely, you're in the money now. And even more recent is this intermittent fasting. I mean, like that's just, in some ways it's almost like keto 2.0. But um, if you're able to uh, tag into one of those diets or things, you will find people really, that it'll do really well. And you could really build a segment into this one. But like, it's, it's not going to end. I mean, if you pay attention to diets that you've been through in your lifetime, I've heard probably... 15 different diets over the years. And they're sometimes similar, but they just use different words to describe things. 
Another category, arts and crafts. This is probably the category that uh, my company, Buyboxer, is the most dominant in. That's just because of our relationship with some of the distributors. We uh, have been uh, very successful in going very wide. And it's not, it's not even a huge category. So I wouldn't say that, like we're, we're that impressive by doing that. But there's a lot of small products that in uh, the arts and crafts space that do it really well that we could, uh, you know, we could chug them through our distribution center really quickly. There are some larger size things. If you think of these huge art pads or even canvases, so that can get kind of awkward, but it's a, in general, it's a pretty good category. It's uh, been good to us. Um, one of the least informed categories that I've got here is electronics. Um, if I were to get into electronics, I'd learn everything that I could from the company uh, Anchor or Anchor. I actually don't know how to pronounce it, but it's not hard to see that they're winning. What they do works. They, I believe, are like the top one or two or three sellers by volume on Amazon, on Seller Central. They just do bananas. They're launching a lot of products. And um, I see a lot of electronics. They get a lot of good distribution outside of Amazon, you know, kind of use Amazon as a test bed. And then you'll start seeing them in um, other locations, uh, you know, such as a Target. I mean, electronics is like, you know, always been going bananas. And then there's the accessories. <laughs> electronics accessories is like the pay-per-click hell that I never want to be a part of. It is probably one of the most disciplined and most money put into in that space because of the sheer volume that they can get, but the low amount of overhead required to get into that space. So you see a lot of people, a lot of very experienced sellers. I would really love to pick the brain of the seasoned uh, electronics accessories companies. Okay, um, I'm going to group these last few together because they have a very similar uh, size and advantages and you can kind of view them very similarly. I'm thinking of health and beauty. Um, actually, health is a little bit different if you're thinking of nutrition and kind of the supplement space. Again, that's actually a very competitive space because it's it's easy. Like, <laughs> I think uh, nutrition or like supplements are like the dream product. So much value in such little volume. You know, think of these little bottles that can sell for 40 bucks. And, um, you know, that makes distribution really easy. Great category. But also everyone knows it's a great category, very competitive. Okay, these last three, beauty, baby, and pets have uh, similar challenges because Amazon is a little bit more strict with them. This is because uh, a lot of these t products touch skin, they touch babies, they touch animals, and um, if they do damage, that's you know a safety risk. And so you will see more documentation required here. You will see more brand gating where Amazon restricts other sellers. And, and it does make sense, but... Obviously, if you're trying to get into it, it makes a, a, a big hurdle. And I think pets is definitely on the grow because, I mean, if you were just to talk macroeconomics, it's not a secret that the average amount of uh, kids in a family has gone down. And I would 
bet that it's inversely correlated with uh, the number of pets. If it's not, if pets are just staying the same, I bet you people are spending more money on pets. No question. Because uh, people really start to identify their personalities to their pets. So it's, we actually have a few pet products that we have uh, jumped into and doubling down on. I have a lot of like beauties challenges, a lot of expiration dates, even if a product, if it touches the skin and it's, it doesn't have an expiration date, but it has like a, one of those like, there's this little icon about like if a product is opened, then it has a shelf life after it's been opened. Well, Amazon views that as a pseudo expiration date of 900 days. That actually got a sh- our shipping shut down for a little while because we did not know that fact. So beauty has uh, some expiration date issues to consider. Um, but then on the flip side, baby, we have definitely seen some brand gating that's, that's hurt us before. You know, we were big on products and then we all of a sudden got pushed out. If uh, anyone knows anything about brand gating, man, that is uh, something that Amazon says they never, ever, 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 ever do if you talk to an employee, but then you experience that differently when you're trying to be a seller. So I'm always wanting to learn more about brand gating, not always just to use it, but just like when does Amazon apply it and under what conditions. And I do know that like inauthentic health products definitely will see more brand gating because it's just harder to trust people, uh, just your average uh, seller out there with that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I really like to treat all categories as if they were the same thing, but truthfully, they are not. There are small differences between them that uh, ought to be considered. And I ho- hopefully I outlined a few of them that were helpful to you. And if at any point you want to compete with us, you're welcome to the you know, join us in arts and crafts. It's a party there. Actually, I wonder, I think party supplies is a subcategory of arts and crafts and we are big in party supply as well so actually you should be joining us in the party i welcome you we got napkins and cups just a whole bunch of festive stuff it's going to be great this is great great way to finish this podcast we're in the party section we got really light stuff um thank you for listening and hope to see you on the next one and hope that uh, your selling in Q4 is going as well as it could be. See ya. One, two, three. This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.